Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers have a decision to make about Anthony Davis and a contract extension. Is it going to come before the season starts? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Lockdown Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always going to be free. It is never going to be behind a paywall. And Lockdown Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out, Andy, with upwards of 20,000 subscribers. We are really getting close to the magical 20,000 subscriber threshold. I don't know what happens when we cross it, but I imagine it is going to be spectacular. Um, and uh, we appreciate everybody's support for, I hope it's not like a Y2K thing, um, everybody's support for, uh, for the channel. Uh, plenty to cover over the course of today's show, including... Uh, yeah, the, the, those Denver Nuggets really, um, really like beating the Lakers. <laughs> even X, even X Denver Nuggets, uh, as we're going to get into. Yeah, they just they 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 took that thing seriously. So that rivalry we talked about last week uh, that seemed to start with Mike Malone and Darvin Ham, a rare NBA coach fueled uh, feud, um, maybe uh, spreading to the players as well. So and you're there. damn right. We said Mike Malone, Mike right. Malone, Mike, we'll let, you know, uh, Adam and, uh, and Matt do the whole, you know, Michael Malone ooh, thing. Ooh. Michael, who championship coach, Mike Malone. I mean, we, we have a middle initial that we're supposed to be what? using as well. We covered a certain someone for several years and we never called him Philip Jackson. <laughs> Francis Vogel. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, Francis. His middle name, for the record, is Christopher. So, is it? Do we have to go like Michael C. Malone, M. Christopher Malone? I mean, that's even more, you know, haughty and dignified, or something. Anyway, send him a um, championship monocle. <laughs> I do like a good monocle. Um, and we'll uh, we'll try if we can get to it. We'll get to some uh, summer league stuff. Uh, the the summer league is over, and. Um, it was an interesting one. I liked it. Um, I liked yeah. the players the Lakers had out there. Very promising. Made me feel good. So, uh, but let's start here, Andy. The uh, the Lakers, and this is something that has been kind of talked about, but uh, put on the back burner a little bit. Not necessarily uh, right up there, front of mind. But it is now with free agency basically over. These types of things are becoming a bigger deal. Dave McMenamin uh, talking with Zach Lowe on the Low Post podcast. Um, as to whether or not the Lakers will give Anthony Davis an extension uh, that he is eligible for um, before the season starts. This is what Dave said. I'm not too concerned about how this thing plays out. Whether the max amount of years, the max amount of numbers are reached, that remains to be seen. That will be figured out by Rich Paul and Rob Palinka and Jeannie Buss. But where things stand right now, I expect some sort of agreement to be reached. And by that, he means before the season starts. Um there is a lot, I think, to kind of unpack with this. But let's start with just the basic thing. You're the Lakers. You're Rob Palenka, Andy. You're Jeannie Buss. Are you wanting to get Anthony Davis signed to an extension before the season starts to eliminate any, any fear of him going somewhere else as a free agent? 
Well, I mean, let's even break it down to the more basics before we get to that question. Um, it is my understanding that the way this would work, Anthony Davis would be required to opt into the early termination option of the 24-25 season. Um, and the extension, a max would be three years on top of that and nearly $168 million. Yeah, sixty-seven and change. Right. So just so people understand, those are the numbers that we are talking about. And if you go max years, if nothing else, assuming my understanding of all this is correct, you are looking at Anthony Davis under contract through the 2027-28 season. And uh, right. And if, if, by the way, if you're wrong, you're off by a year. So it's not right. like significantly different. Yeah, it's for a yeah, 24-25 would be the early termination. Right. I'm just saying it's then, not it's not like you'd be off by like he's not it's not like an extra six. Right. But 26, 27, 28, those would be the three years and for a lot of money. Yes. It's one, first of all, just in thinking about this, I, I've come to the realization that it's a very relative question that, in certain respects, has nothing to do with Anthony Davis because I'm not comfortable in the new NBA <laughs> extending anybody, giving any superstar a contract. Like, I, I feel like if I were, That's an you, the, the, but this is why this is one of the reasons I asked you the question in the way that I did because it's not like you say, just about ad it's about ad but it's not just about ad right Th this contract extension if it were max years the math would come out to about 50 million dollars a year in total because he's got 40 or so this coming season then 43 and then whatever it takes to with the 167 and change average it comes out to about 50 a year 50 right but the, and the, the extension is 50 right something per year. right but in the aggregate it comes out to about 50 right. a year in terms of what ad would be newly under contract for like i'm starting to feel like if i was an nba owner i would just be paying the fee the penalty for not getting up to the floor <laughs> because everything, <laughs> everything else right now i'm makes just gonna watch really... my asset grow because it will no yeah. matter how bad my team is, my asset's going to grow. Like, and I don't want to pay any. There are four people in the league that I feel comfortable paying that like, kind of money. This is, this is really blasphemous and awful to say, but I'm starting to understand Donald Sterling's point of view for most of his time running a team because, damn, it's a lot of money. As far as Anthony Davis goes, I can see the pluses – for having him under contract, just in the sense that assuming you like having Anthony Davis on your team and you like the idea of him being a part of your future, regardless of whether or not you think he can truly be the focal point of a championship team, if you're looking to do any type of planning moving forward, it would be helpful to know that you have Anthony Davis and what the price of having Anthony Davis is because all of these guys look ahead three to four years when right. it comes to planning occurrence. And it's also, too, it's worth noting that like, this would be the first contract the Lakers give AD that is not sort of, you know, lockstep with what they're doing with LeBron. And so, you know, that kind of clarity with AD in terms of, you know, what is this going to be in the future? How are we going to be able to put the next, another star next to him or 
you know, two or three lesser or whatever it is. Like you do want, there is some benefit to having a little bit of cost certainty there. Yeah. It just, again, it feels <laughs> insane. And look, Anthony Davis in a few years, it's like $55 million a year could be an absolute bargain. Like, you know, Jalen Brown, the, the extension that he and the Celtics reportedly are, are working out during this offseason, I believe the last year of the deal, if he gets max everything, could be worth close to $70 million a year. I mean, Dame can get like six or is getting like $60 million in the final year, which is just, it's so astronomical. I get you really... You have to have the stomach for some of this, but and you have to have a really good anticipation of what the cap is going to look like and all that stuff. But assuming it, I mean, by then Anthony Davis playing 50 to 60 games a year at 55 million a year might not seem like that insane a number. It's again, assuming you think he's good yeah. enough to be a part of this let's, well into let's, his 30s. Right. Let's um Let's do this next because I I think there is there is the reality that you're talking about, and then there is the answer, um, and those are the things that get general managers and owners in the modern NBA um, to invest a lot in you know tums. <laughs> so do that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel, and you can take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet and bonus bets up to 200 bucks. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And you can bet on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run in a game. And if you're looking ahead, FanDuel has odds on the MVP, Cy Young, World Series uh, winner. And if you're a Laker fan who loves the blue, Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw, and the Dodgers are respectively among the leaders in those categories. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, really easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. And there's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get 200 bucks in Bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So we'll we'll get to this rivalry thing here in a minute. But um the answer, at least to me, the answer is yes. Like you if you can sign up Anthony Davis to an extension, you do it. Um and it is with all of the discomfort that you're talking about. And I, I think you do it with the idea that like those last, those last year or so, that deal could be a little rough. <laughs> you know, we, we, but the, the, the alternative is either letting it kind of play out in or like, like if you have one of these guys, the basic rule is if you have one of these guys, your choices are keep them or rebuild. Um, and because they're just too hard to find, you know, they're, they, they, even the, the flawed ones, the imperfect ones, the guys that, you know, they haven't led somebody to a title or maybe didn't have a good playoff or whatever it is. It's like, there are a tiny handful of players in the NBA that are at this level that can be 
a top 10 player, a top five player on any given night. And AD is in that group when he's able to play. I mean, this year, AD, when he played for the most part, was really awesome. He was really, really good. A little, we, I mean, we did a lot of shows at the beginning of the year like, yo, um, no. let's let's pick it up. But right. once we've got going. Yeah, um, and in the playoffs, he was the best defensive player in the league, period. Yeah, he was. and so if you have a guy like that, you have to keep them. And, you know, I, I've, the, the Lakers may absolutely get to a place where they – feel like you know what it's run its course we had lebron and you know we got this season coming up with lebron maybe you get one more whatever it is and then you try something post lebron with ad and it runs its course and you say okay we're going to trade him now and you might not get the best trade or whatever it is but at least you're kind of turning that asset over for something and you have to rebuild but andy you and i uh had the uh Dubious honor, I shall say, of being the guys who were on the radio doing the pre and post game for like the worst stretch of of seasons in the history of the franchise. And that is not an exaggeration. It really was like how many playoffs did we see during that period? I mean, yeah. So it's clear you and I covered the 2009-2010. No, I meant we were just doing like the pre and post game stuff, like doing the radio work and whatever. Um, like, we cut. I don't think we, we got any. Oh, during that period? No, we actually, yeah. uh, we actually the the show that we did for ESPN, the first season that we were taken off for pre and post, and it uh, was moved to uh, Alan Sliwa. That was the year they won the championship in the bubble. So maybe um, we were the problem, but but either way. No, because we, we had covered that. championship teams. We were not That's the true. problem. Maybe been Travis Rogers, who was he was in the no. mix there. Yeah. Probably was, was Max probably Kellerman better. because he brought LA sports to a screeching halt during his time in LA. But it was, it was not us. So, but you understand my point. Like It took a long time to and put that thing back together in a way that was that was credible, and even after they got LeBron, it still took a minute. Well, to to get him there, I was going to say, and this is something that you and I talked about while we were hosting pre and post game, probably a little too openly for the Laker franchise's taste um, when it comes to the the highest ranking folks there. They never committed to a rebuild while they were doing the optics sure. of a rebuild. The reason I bring this up only is. To say, if it came time to rebuild again, or at least in a position where you might have to consider rebuilding, I just question whether or not they would actually take the steps to do it. And LeBron can only choose you once, <laughs> at least on this timeline. I mean, you do it again. I'm not sure that's a good signing. <laughs> like six or seven. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like right. they got but very lucky. They did. That LeBron wanted to be in LA for reasons that had to do with LA, frankly, more than they had to do with the Lakers immediately. Sure. And you know, even but even if you think, okay, you know what? New front office, new regime, new way of doing things. I think they'll do it right. It's still really hard to do. Sure. It's really hard to put it back together and rebuild a championship caliber team yeah and so it doesn't this is why like when we were having the conversations last year like do you keep throwing the money in so to speak you know pushing putting 
assets, putting all your chips in the middle of the table with LeBron and AD, flawed as that core might be, knowing that each chip you put in theoretically makes the rebuild that much harder. My answer is always, yeah, I get it, but yes, because you have them now. And it's already going to be a mess to, to rebuild it. It's already going to be a, a horrible slog. So while you have the guys, but it, I, I am the other part of this that I thought was really interesting was when Dave said um, that, you know, the numbers, the years, they'll figure all that out. What I'm really interested to see going forward is our guys going to get the super max is every team going to automatically save for Jokic save for Giannis, you know, but Jalen Brown is an excellent NBA player, but he's not the best player on his own team. So like, does he get automatically get $65 million? And I understand the cap's going to go up and all, but it's still a gigantic chunk of your, and in an era where the, the, the punitive effects of going over those numbers are much bigger than they used to be. I don't know if Anthony Davis is going to get a max extension. I don't know if he'll get three years and all the money. I don't know. Of it. I feel like there is a good chance of the economics of these max deals, particularly for the guys who have been around the league long enough to have the really big numbers, but are also getting older. I, it wouldn't shock me if it was, at the very least, fewer years or something. I mean, I mean you can't. If go I much, guess, he'll get the max money, max years. I but, was going to say you can't go much fewer than three. I mean, once you get down to two, it's not really that much of an extension. You know what I mean? Like it's a three. Hey, Andy Frank Vogel got a one-year extension. Right, that was a fake extension. That was not an actual extension. That was a, as Mike Dantoni it was, was If it's good enough for Frank Vogel, Andy, it's good enough for Anthony Excuse Davis. Excuse me, Brian. Francis Vogel. Francis Vogel. But, I mean, I will believe Anthony Davis does not get the max dollars, max years as the most important player on the Lakers when I right. see it. and that 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 is true. I mean, again, it's you're right. It's not totally apples to be. I think you understand what I'm getting at. Oh, I but do. There's a I difference just... between there's a difference between Jalen Brown and Anthony Davis post LeBron. Like, I I'll just, I just believe it when I, I, I just see. Think it. I, all I'm saying is I think we're entering a a a new new universe here in the see, NBA. I think we're entering a newer universe when it comes to either the tier of really good, but nobody considers them a true superstar player or the like James Harden's of the world who have burnt a lot of bridges and created a lot of messes and have created reasons to be trepidatious about truly committing to them. And will they commit Kyrie back? Got a, Kyrie got a nice contract. Didn't get right. a full max. Right. And and that was after, and that was also, to be honest, because Dallas really had no choice but to do that. the The worst thing you can say about Anthony Davis is that he gets hurt. But unless you think the reason he gets hurt is because he's ignoring the training staff or just hearing the things that he wants to, whatever, like Anthony Davis's professionalism is not to be questioned. Like that's not the problem. Which is why I think between that well, and... Well, people do. That's, that's I don't know if I entirely agree with you, but broadly, yes. He's not, not, not like you do James Harden. I mean, look, are there people that question you know, how bad Anthony Davis wants it? 
sure. But nobody, nobody really, I think nobody that matters really questions whether or not Anthony Davis puts in the work, is in the gym, things like that. One, That's two, what three, I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Anthony Davis is professional enough that between that and his production, I don't think he, and the fact that he's still in his early 30s, I think he's like 30, 31 now. I would be shocked if this extension, if it comes, is not max years, max dollars. Um, well, it's something to watch. Um, and I, I, you know, obviously keep an eye on as the Lakers get closer to the regular season. Uh, Andy, let's turn next, though, to what could be the great rivalry of next season and you know, a little more smack talk, a little more fuel, a little more uh, background on that uh, came out this week. We'll get to it next. Quick reminder, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, we alluded to it at the beginning of the show, Andy. Michael Malone um, mm -hmm. took a great amount of joy in uh, in beating the Lakers and Darvin Ham. Uh, basically... Um, pulled the Southern bless your heart kind of thing when talking about him. Um, if you've never been down there before, that's not what they mean when they say that. Um, and it was, you know, Darwin remembers what, you know, the, the all these sort of uh, dancing on the, on the Lakers grave and the, the joy that Malone and his teammates got out of beating the Lakers and uh, said, and I quote, this bleep's not over. Um, so, <laughs> That that happened. Uh, we saw LeBron reacting to the amount, sheer amount of time that the Nuggets spent talking about beating the Lakers, and now we have uh, even now former Nuggets talking about how, oh yeah, no, we really, 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 really wanted to beat the Lakers and and took great joy in it. Yeah, uh, Bruce Brown, now a member of the Pacers, but obviously a really important part of that Nuggets team that took the Lakers out in the Western Conference Finals, ended up winning it all. He was on um, the, I don't know if it's called Title League is the name of the podcast, um, or if that's the company that puts it out, but either way, it's co-hosted by Theo Pinson, NBA player, and said a few things that were interesting about it. First of all, he said that the series felt more personal than the others, he wasn't even quite sure why, or if nothing else wasn't saying why and if he knew. Um, but he said that Nikola Jokic was particularly dialed in. He said, quote, I've never seen Nikola speak on the court. He wasn't talking bleep, but he was like really into the game. He was, he was playing no games, like he had something to prove, and he's the best player in the world. Meaning if Jokic is that caught up in it, you, you know everybody else was. He later also said that after describing Phoenix as their finger quote toughest series, like alluding to that's the way other people may have seen it, um, he started to talk about the one that he thought was most difficult, which Theo Pinson immediately assumed would be the Lakers. Brown disagreed with him and said it was the Timberwolves, to which Pinson responded, why? <laughs> like he, he thought that was a genuinely strange answer. Um Bruce Brown said that he that they never thought they were going to lose any of the games that they played, like the Lakers would go on runs, but, quote, it never felt like we were going to lose any game. He did acknowledge that they were close games, 
But I think he just felt like there was more either star power or pure talent on Minnesota. He also noted noted that Anthony Davis, I mean, excuse me, Anthony Edwards this year was just a beast to guard. So he might have been thinking about this a like little from bit. From his own perspective. Right. Um, he, he did note, too, that he thought the Lakers would take game four before the game began. But once they were in it, the, the mood shifted or whatever. He also said that LeBron was done after the first half of game four. Um, I also wondered, too, and then I'll get your reaction. And this is pure conjecture on my part. I have no... That's, the best. That's wild, wild conjecture? Irresponsible conjecture? I, I Well, I think it's rooted in something that could be real. I'm just saying I have nothing grounded to base it on other than just loosely connecting some dots perfect that's how that's how we operate around but here I th- but i think they're dots that make sense yeah it wouldn't shock me if bruce brown there was a little extra here for him because the lakers were a team that did not offer him a contract last offseason hmm. and he they were a team that made a lot of sense for him um he noted that when he heard from coach malone during the offseason right before that they were uh, going to sign Coach Michael Bruce. Malone? Coach Mike, the same. Um, Mike to, I guess, his ex-friends. Um, he he said that Mike, that Mike Malone told me he had no idea why he was still available, much less at this price. So I, I do wonder if from Bruce Brown's perspective, there's a little bit of a, this is the team that right, should have signed the people that, that which yeah. for what it's worth, you and I both agree with him. Yeah. They should have signed him last year. It really was. It was a great idea. Um, I, uh, I mean, I like there is, there is something that Denver was a better team. There's no question. And they were relatively speaking fresher. Um, they really had no business losing that series. And I do think there is something to be said for not feeling like you're going to lose games or not feeling threatened by lo- to lose games until you actually lose one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Lakers were the team that was had a chance to tie, had a chance to win, but, you know, needed a couple a, a bucket at the end of a game. or co- So it was always Denver kind of operating from a, a position of strength, um, a narrow position game to game, but still. Um, and you know, it, it was, I thought it was really interesting to hear him talk about the Lakers as that galvanizing thing because, you know, Denver never won a championship, never been to the finals. Correct. Uh, no, yeah, I don't I believe they didn't think so. Um, thought maybe I was missing like some rando appearance in like, or if the they, if they have, I think you got to go back to like the seventies or something right. like, I mean, eight, it had been a long time if they had, they absolutely had not won a championship. That I knew. So it's like. There is something that focuses you about not just LeBron and not just it's the Western Conference Finals and we're so close and whatever, but like the Lakers, the laundry. I think, it, like if you lose to the Lakers in what when you think you're the best, like that is a difficult thing. I think as an athlete to get over because it'd be it'd be worse than losing to Phoenix, well, especially um, so, too if you're if you're Jokic and Murray and Porter, it would mean that you lost to the Lakers twice in the Western Conference Finals. For that matter, same thing if you're Mike Malone. Yeah. Um, It's what I really love about this. And it wasn't like Bruce Brown wasn't super smack talky or disrespectful or whatever. Like, I think Lakers fans, like this is, this is good. Like this, this is the kind of respect that quite frankly, Lakers fans get really annoyed when they don't get <laughs> like, you know, around. 
it it says like yeah you know what the reason the nuggets spent more time on the, at their parade talking about beating the lakers than the heat is because the lakers are the are the lakers and it, it, it was deeply meaningful to beat them and they um, were better than miami this year i, I think if it had been I lakers think, heat i, I, I think, think lakers, lakers win that, that finals series. i think yeah absolutely I think, both, I think it would have been both teams would have um been gassed and it might have been the single worst and finals of all time but but i do think ultimately the lakers would have emerged victorious um everybody else would have lost but the lakers would have won i just i am so excited for a real rival and i hope that this year everybody can stay healthy um, guys can be in the lineup, you know, and, and all that, so that you get a genuine. You know, we know Denver's going to be good. I, I understand they've lost a couple of players, but they've got some. And they, they, you know, they won that title by NBA standards with some margin, with some room to spare. Um, the Lakers ought to be pretty good, and we'll get to some of these um, over unders and stuff maybe later in the week about how much, how many games we think they'll win. But if everybody's healthy from the playoff standpoint, they, they should be very competitive. This has a chance to be the first kind of real rivalry, meaningful rivalry that wasn't with like the Celtics, you know, that that the Lakers have had kind of in the conference and in a long time. And I am here for it because even when they, when they won the title, it kind of they hadn't been good long enough to reestablish rivalries with anyone. Then they missed, you know, essentially you know, didn't miss the playoffs the next year, but might as well have, and then did miss the playoffs. Like there's, and they, they missed the playoffs before that for 10 years. So it's like, it's, it's been th- a, those, all those Western conference rivalries are gone and they need to be reestablished. And this is being reestablished. That's what I was going to say. It's been a long time since, you know, Lakers Spurs was a real thing. Lakers Kings was a real thing. Lakers Blazers. That's another you know, I mean, one which we can get into not today, but I mean, I'm excited about Lakers Kings. Right, you know, or even ten years ago, the Kobe Pow Lakers really disliked the Mello Billups Kenyon Martin Nuggets. Those teams did not get along at all. But again, it's been over a decade yeah, since I mean, that was anybody a thing. still playing in, in the league from those teams? <laughs> LeBron, right? I guess. <laughs> That's that's but he, wasn't, but, he wasn't, yeah. but he wasn't part of the rivalry. Sure, but I'm just saying that that's the answer. It's LeBron. <laughs> but uh, this is really good for the league. It's good for the conference. It's fun for Laker fans. And look, last thing I would say because I saw a lot of reaction on Twitter with Laker fans being like, you know, can't believe Denver's you know Denver's treating this like it's the, like this was the finals. Like they won't shut up about it. It's like you know what, you can't. I think rightly treat yourself as the gold standard of the league because on balance, that is exactly what the Lakers have been. You and I have covered terrible Laker teams mm-hmm. and opponents still get up for beating them. They they would. That is a fact. But you can't take pride in being held as the gold standard and then complain or think it's weird when teams treat beating the gold standard like it's a big deal. Yep, Absolutely. Um, so some more stuff to look forward to. Uh, we'll get into the, some of these numbers uh, later in the week. We did not get to the summer league recap, so that's still to come. Um, more interviews of uh, like the scouting report that we did 
uh, for Gabe Vincent coming up. We got so we'll do Cam Reddish. We'll do some other guys. So still plenty to look forward to as we roll through uh, the back half of July and into August. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is again where you can go to see the show and hang out and leave us questions. Um, I do want to. I, before we're done with this week, you know, so much reaction to the Jared Vanderbilt thing. Um, I wouldn't do that. I'm interested in your thoughts um, on the channel about Anthony Davis and how comfortable you feel based on today's show, uh, how comfortable you feel from that. So leave us some questions, leave us some comments. Uh, again, a reminder, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go there today to get started. We'll see everybody on Thursday.